hello, hello. This is Monica, and this is Remembering the Misremembered. And uh, this episode is about Carlos Monzon, the violent life and untimely death of Escapeta. Okay, he's considered one of the greatest middleweight boxing champions of all time behind Sugar Ray Robinson or Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Some would even say that the Argentine-born fighter was the greatest, second to no one. He was nicknamed Escapeta, Spanish for shotgun. In the boxing ring, he was a one-man assassin, revered as much for his psychopathy as his precision. For seven years, he was the undisputed middleweight champion of the world. He had 100 fights, and there's some dispute about whether he won 87 or 89. But 59 of his wins came from knockouts. He had nine draws, three losses early in his career, all of them from decisions by judges, and won no contest. Outside of the ring, Carlos Monzon was the same way. He was inside of it. Relentless, bloodthirsty, and downright crazy. He was flashy and he lived a rock star lifestyle of wine and women. He was consistently hounded by the paparazzi. He got into physical altercations with these photographers and with the women who loved him. His is a mixed legacy, one of those that demands separating the flaws of the artist from the greatness of the art. He has even been called Argentine's very own O.J. Simpson due to his commission of a shocking crime, the murder of his own wife. Unlike O.J., he was convicted of murder before his own untimely death at the age of 52. I think it's wrong to compare him to O.J. I mean, his situation happened some years before O.J., but we're getting ready to get into it. Um, Life began for Carlos Roque Monzon in San Javier, a small town located 6,215 miles from Argentina's capital, Buenos Aires. He was born on August 7, 1942, to parents Roque Monzon and Amalia Ledesma. The family was large and poverty-stricken. They were of Macovi descent and, a, and a, um, indigenous people, and Carlos had 12 siblings. When Carlos was six, the Monzones moved to an impo- impoverished area in Santa Fe, a bustling city in Argentina. In the early 1950s, Argentina's economy was in dire straits with their currency losing 70% of its value and inflation was at 50%. Carlos only made it to the third grade, dropping out in order to work and help his family. He worked at a series of odd jobs as a milkman, paper boy, and a shoeshine boy. While he was still quite young, he developed an interest in boxing. He started competing in street brawls and unofficial bouts sometimes generating 50 pesos per victory. He also briefly ran a prostitution ring. His volcanic temper was already showing itself with him getting arrested for fighting on a bus. As a teenager, Carlos fathered his first child, a son named Carlos Alberto Manzan, with a girl named Zulima Encarnacion Torres. The two never married and broke up when he met Mercedes Beatriz Garcia. On October 2, 1959, 17-year-old Carlos Monzon made his boxing debut. The fight ended in a draw. He continued working his way up, and around this time, he met a former amateur boxer named Amakar Brusa. 
Brusa came from the same Argentine province as Carlos, and he became Carlos's trainer and father figure, helping the brash young boxer to build a record of 73, 6, and 8. Carlos made his professional debut on the 6th of February, 1962. The 19-year-old faced Ramon Montenegro. Carlos knocked him out in the second round. In his first 20 fights, he had 14 wins, 3 draws, and 3 losses. In May of that year, Carlos married Mercedes Beatrice Garcia, nicknamed Pelusa. They were so poor that they needed help buying their marriage license, and for quite some time, the only piece of furniture they owned was a bed. <clears throat> but... They managed to build their own home with Carlos laying the bricks with Mercedes' help. The marriage would be a stormy one, producing three kids, Sylvia Beatrice, Abel Ricardo, and a son they adopted named Carlos Raul, who was rumored to be Carlos's son from another woman, because this marriage did nothing to slow down Carlos Monzon's relationships with other women. Carlos kept fighting, and as his victories mounted, his re reputation as a fierce and talented fighter grew. In no time, Carlos Monzon's bouts were being broadcast on television as a distraction from Argentina's political problems. He was becoming more and more famous. He competed for Argentina's middleweight title and surprised a lot of people with his victory over Jorge Hernandez on the 13th of September, 1966. And just like that, Carlos Manzón was the middleweight champion of Argentina. Carlos managed 50 consecutive wins, and by 1970, he was ranked number 10 in the world. This gave him the opportunity to fight in Rome. His opponent was Nino Benvenuti, one of the world's greatest fighters who had won a gold medal in 1960 in the Rome Olympics. On November 7, 1970, Carlos and Benvenuto, Ben, ben Venuti fought. They fought. They met and they fought. Carlos accused Benvenuti of touching his ass. He looked at Benvenuti and said either to himself or out loud, tonight I will kill you. Carlos scored a 12th round knockout against him. Now, he was not just Argentina's middleweight champion, he was the middleweight champion of the world and a hero in his home country. Over the years, Carlos Monzon shocked and even thrilled the world with his violent behavior outside the boxing ring. In 1967, he had beat up a photographer so badly that the man had to be hospitalized. He punched a man at the home of his mother-in-law and got into altercations at casinos and discotheques. These altercations made headlines and made Carlos Monzon seem larger than life and more intriguing than he would have been otherwise. Carlos's home life was equally stormy. His wife Mercedes was often seen wearing dark sunglasses to cover up the black eyes that he gave her. Neighbors reported hearing their loud fights. In 1973, Carlos and Mercedes got into a fight when he tried to leave their home in order to see one of his other women. Mercedes took her gun and shot Carlos either in his arm and shoulder or his leg. Carlos reportedly went through seven hours of surgery and one of the bullets remained inside his body for the rest of his life. Mercedes called the police on Carlos when he punched her at their son's birthday party. He was arrested and prosecuted and spent six months in prison. In 1974, Carlos cashed in on his popularity by embarking on an acting career. 
He made his film debut in Lemary opposite Susanna Dominez. Rumors began to fly that the two stars who played a married couple in the film had become a real-life couple while filming. At the movie's premiere, Mercedes, who was still legally married to Carlos, got into a heated confrontation with Susanna. You would think that her shooting Carlos would have taught him not to play with Mercedes, but no, he didn't care what Mercedes had to say. Carlos and Susanna moved in together and were very publicly jet-setting across South America and Europe. Carlos and Mercedes ended up divorcing around this time, but the press and the public couldn't get enough of the drama. Like Mercedes before her, Susanna was often seen covering her eyes with dark glasses because Carlos had blackened them. His drinking seemed to drive the violence. Carlos retired from boxing in 1977 after defending his world middleweight title for the 14th time. After this, Carlos and Susanna split up and he continued his acting career. He dabbled in modeling and other business opportunities. He remained a major celebrity in Argentina, and the public soon became aware of his relationship with a 22-year-old model from Uruguay named Alicia Munez, and she was about 13 years his junior. Carlos and Alicia went on to have a son together named Maximiliano Roque. The media reports claim that Alicia was Carlos's wife, although it's unclear when the two married. What is clear is that their relationship was just as stormy and violent as all his other relationships. Carlos, Carlos changed women, but he himself never changed. Alicia had had to deal with Carlos's volatility and alcohol-fueled aggression just as Mercedes, Susanna, and all the others had. And I'm sure she invested in several pairs of sunglasses. This man was crazy. He didn't need a woman. He needed psychiatric help. Sadly, Alicia would pay for her relationship with this ticking time bomb with her life. On Sunday, February 14, 1988, Valentine's Day, Carlos and Alicia were vacationing at a resort known as Mar del Plata. The paparazzi hounded them as usual. The two got into a heated argument that inevitably turned violent. Carlos beat Alicia up, but he didn't stop there. He strangled her into unconsciousness, picked her up, and pushed her off the second floor balcony. This killed her and injured his shoulder when he also fell. All of this happened as their six-year-old son slept in a room nearby. It sounded slightly suspicious because the balcony wasn't that high. Initially, the police thought that it was simply a fall, but upon further investigation, they saw the bruises on Alicia's neck, and they could see that the bruises were consistent with strangulation. He admitted to hitting her in the bedroom and continuing their argument out on the balcony. He said he grabbed her by the neck. She jumped off the balcony and he said that he jumped too while attempting to save her. She was bleeding and he shouted for somebody to call an ambulance. The ambulance and police arrived along with paparazzi guaranteeing that her dead body would be shown on magazine covers. Interestingly enough, they didn't have pictures of the crime. But there was an eyewitness a lowly cardboard collector who told a TV news crew that the man, Carlos, grabbed the lady, Alicia, by her neck and lifted her up. She struggled to get free of him by scratching him, but he overpowered her and threw her over the balcony, killing her. The eyewitness didn't realize that he had just fingered a major celebrity in a brutal murder. When he realized that it was Escapeta, Carlos Manzon, an attempt was made on his part to soften his story. The police didn't seem to take him seriously, despite his original story lining up with the physical evidence. 
the second autopsy, which Alicia's family had insisted on, came to the conclusion that Alicia was indeed strangled to death, that she was already dead when Carlos Manzon picked her up and threw her over the balcony. Her skull was fractured and many bones were broken after she was already dead. The media and members of the public believed that Carlos was covering up his crime when he jumped from the balcony, that he was trying to make the murder seem accidental. His shoulder was fractured and he had some other superficial injuries, but he was alive and well. The public was fascinated by the trial. They were glued to their televisions and gobbled up all the info they could get from newspapers in this pre-internet age. Despite the strong evidence to the contrary and his history of violence against his romantic partners, Carlos never wavered from his original story, that it had been, he had been trying to save her when they both fell. He said, I beat all my women and nothing ever happened to any of them. This did not help his cause. On July 3rd, 1989, Carlos Monzon was found guilty of homicide and sentenced to 11 years in prison. Life behind bars wasn't easy for Carlos Monzon. Some say that it broke him and turned him into a shell of his former self, and that's probably a good thing. He maintained his innocence and leaned on religion to get him through. He trained local boxers, too. In a final tragic twist, Carlos was eligible for parole and allowed weekend furloughs. He was returning to prison after a weekend spent with his family when the vehicle he traveled in rolled over, violently throwing him from the vehicle and killing him instantly. Another passenger, Geronimo Domingo Matura, was also killed. Carlos's sister-in-law, Alicia Guadalupe Fessia, was injured. The greatest Argentine middleweight of all time was only 52 years old. The funeral of Carlos Manzón was a spectacle with thousands of mourners singing Del Campeón or Go Champion. He had no pallbearers. Instead, his shiny black casket was crowd-surfed. The family of Alicia Munoz can take some small comfort in knowing that she did not die in vain. Her death shone a light on domestic violence in Argentina and how it is handled. Now, help is more readily available for Argentine women who are stuck in violent relationships. Anyway, that was a crazy story. Um, Carlos Monzon, I don't know what to say. But um, anyway, um, this is uh, Remembering the Misremembering, and I'm Monica, of course. And um, I'll be back with you with uh, some more stories. <laughs>